Hello and welcome to The Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. It is NFL Combine Week. We're pumped to see all the rookies and what they can do in Indianapolis. For the, today's show, we're going to go through the first round of the NFL draft, take a look at who we think is going to get drafted or who we want to get drafted by some of these, two, uh, these teams. Stick with us. The Stew begins now. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups, universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce. I want to welcome in my guests for tonight. I've got Joe Goodwin and Brandon Hay from Dynasty Pros Team. Fellas, I appreciate you joining me here tonight as we're going to break down this thing. This is kind of how it's going to work for everybody. We're going to start off uh, pick number one. Joe's going to go. Pick number two will be Brandon. And then pick number three will be me. We're just going to kind of go in that order throughout the draft. Kind of tell you a little bit of fantasy if we like a guy for certain purposes or not. Uh, some of this will be guys that we really like. Some of might be guys we don't like, but we think a team might take anyway. So we're just going to run through this whole thing with you. It should be a fun little exercise, kind of see what we like, uh, what everybody else likes. Joe, Brandon, thanks for joining me. Joe, you are going to be on the clock right now with the Chicago Bears to get us kicking off things tonight. You know, it's uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, JT. I think this is uh, a fun way to look into the guys that we are going to fall in love with during rookie mock season if you're not already playing Debbie or whatever. Um, you know, and, and every time I look at these mocks, I find myself finding new and interesting reasons to have a little fun with this. Um, and obviously looking at the first pick and you're, it's pretty much a lock, stock and barrel Caleb Williams. But when I read today that the dad is reaching out about some ownership in the team, it's like these old school teams, like the Chicago bears being one of them, I'm all like, nah. That like that's going to be an end for that. Um, and I just I just was like, if that's what the dad's doing, I wonder if like a team like the Bears might go, you know what? Maybe this kid isn't we need to maybe look harder and just make sure what we're getting um, because of this dad. Like it's almost like, you know, back when he, when the Ball brothers came out in the NBA, like I almost felt like the dad was going to get in the way of these kids like flourishing. And I feel like. Caleb Williams' dad probably needs to close his mouth, let his kid be the number one draft pick, and then worry about all this other stuff later. So I am going to avoid all the chatter that's going in my brain, and I'm going to take Caleb Williams going to the Chicago Bears. So we'll put him in there. I, I understand where you're coming from there, uh, Joe. I I own a couple businesses. I've had kids, you know, their parents try to call me up and talk to me, and I'm like, if you're responsible enough to have a full-time job or even a part-time job, you need to handle things yourself. 
I, I don't need to be dealing with your parents calling me, making excuses for you. Like you need to handle it yourself and show that you're an adult. So I, I completely agree with you. I, I definitely still think a trade is on the board. Just for anybody's eyes, we're not going to do any trades here to muck things up and make things crazy because it could get wild. We'd be here like three hours making trades. So <laughs> uh, no trades tonight. So, but I do think the the Bears, I still think this trade is, is, is a possibility that they move this pick for a bunch of stuff if they could get uh could get the right offer. I, I still think they could stay with Justin Fields, but at this point, I won't be surprised with anything that the Bears do. How about you, Brandon? You you got any you lean in one way or the other on this? Yeah, uh, I want to say thanks for having me um, as well. And I'm a I'm actually a big Justin Fields guy. You know, I ever since he's been drafted, I think I think they're just gonna be, you know, I it's weird with Caleb Williams. I've seen him say, you know, at first he was saying, you know, he didn't, you know, he would rather go somewhere like Washington. Then I, he said that um, I think he's trying to roll it back saying, you know, he'd love to go to Chicago, you know, great town with Michael Jordan, all that stuff. I saw that today. Um, I don't know if the Chicago faithful will love him. Just like the, some of the stuff he does with like the painting his nails and, you know, kind of that centric parts of him. And I think you're going to get a, a struggle like Justin Fields had early on. So you're kind of, I feel like they have a lot of pieces to compete now if, if Fields can progress. And I think they're kind of putting themselves back if they go with that rookie um, quarterback. But I mean, if they keep the pick, I would have to assume they're taking Caleb if they're not, if they don't trade the pick. Yeah. I've got a ton of friends that are Bears fans. I, I live in Illinois and I have to tell you almost every one of them are on the Fields train. They all want to keep fields. They don't want to move on. It's like they've got an attachment to them. They just want to see them succeed. And one of one of my friends said the other day, he goes, I, I'd almost rather go down with the ship with Justin Fields than trade him and have him end up being awesome somewhere else. And he's just like, I don't want to see it. He's like, I want Justin Fields to be awesome. But he's like, I just want him to be awesome for the Bears. So it'll be interesting to see kind of <laughs> what they do there. I, I'm in the camp. I kind of think they should keep fields, trade the pick. Uh, just because I think they're so close with all these, the they built up the defense. The offense looks so much better last year. I think they're a couple pieces away from competing in that uh, that NFC North. So, so, so real quick. So, yep, we we all have watched QB one, right? We all saw his season, right? He's soft. I don't know what it is about him. He's soft. <laughs> He every time he like a little nicked up finger, he was never in the game. Whenever they were hyping up this big like matchup with like one of their crosstown rivals in Georgia, it's like, oh, it's gonna be on local TV. He never played. He goes to Georgia, he can't beat out Jake from, right? So he has to leave. Now, yes, he goes to Ohio State, he plays halfway decent. But I just I don't know, man. I just saw him on that show so much, and it was almost just like He's never going to make it because I think he likes those cameras more than he likes football. And when push comes to shove, if I'm the Bears, I'm saying to myself, okay, so we trade down a little bit and who do we get? If we keep Justin Fields, what's the best case scenario with Justin Fields? He turns into a not as awesome example of Lamar Jackson, like really doesn't throw the ball that much, but he can when he needs to uses his legs and that thread is what opens up the uh, the defense because the linebacker is always constantly watching him. You go with Caleb Williams. I know everybody remembers him jumping into the stands, crying. I get it. That also looked weird. It was like, dude, come on. But when push comes to shove, 
there's a reason everybody looked at this kid from last year on and said, this kid has got all those intangibles. And listen, if you're if you're in the, the front office of the Bears, by taking him, you've just extended your career by two years. If you keep Justin Fields and Justin Fields tanks this year, you're all fired because you're the ones that made all that decision. So like it's almost like preservation as much as anything else. You you take Caleb Williams going, everybody else is loving him. We'll take him too. No one will blame us if we take him. And then we get a couple of years with him. And who knows? I, I do I do love the idea of trading down. But I mean, only if their thought is, hey, we secretly really, really like J.J. McCarthy better. And we think that he might be a better fit for our offense, but we just don't want to tell anybody. It's sort of like the vibes, like when the Boston Celtics traded out of first round and then all of a sudden they took Jason Tatum. Like, And everyone was like, how could, they, how could everybody pass on Jason Tatum? Dude, the Celtics just like some, – sometimes you just get a good beat, but – yeah. yeah, I mean, other than Caleb Williams, I just don't know what they do. Like, if they trade down, that that's a massive, massive risk. And I just don't. I think they're too unsuccessful the last couple of years to take that kind of risk. I think that's but, an underrated thing. Like you said, is these guys are trying to keep their jobs. I think that's so underrated. What you said there, Joe. Like they, they again, you're right. If they take Caleb, everyone's gonna say, "Well, that's what everyone would have done." How can you blame us? So I do, I do uh, lean into that a little bit with you, Brandon. What were you gonna say? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to, you know, um, my opinion on some of the things Joe was talking about. I think the Georgia thing can't be blamed on Fields because I, I, I think Fields should have played all over from, but but Kirby wasn't going to do that, and I think he did. I think at Ohio State he was way better than above average. And I think in Chicago, he's shown he's tough. Their, their offense, I mean, they're throwing like third, like 20, like passes, right? Like within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And they, they got a new offensive staff. Um, I feel like if they thought it was fields was the problem, they might not necessarily have done that. And even if they get Caleb Williams, if they aren't, that good i i think they get people still get fired um because if you if you start a rookie quarterback you're most likely you know it's not always going to turn out like cj stroud and the tetsons did most times it's going to not not go well so in that case i mean if i would if i was them i would trade down and get one of those if you could trade down a few spots and get like you know neighbors or something to pair with uh dj moore kind of help out that offense because they have DJ Moore. And what else do they have receiving wise, really? I mean, Kemet you know, was their number two last year. Yeah. At that time. So, I mean, they didn't have anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously, this is make or break for the Bears. I mean, this is we're gonna look back in 10 or 15 years and be like, these two drafts were what turned the Bears franchise around, or they had the perfect opportunity two years in a row with the number one pick and they blew it so i i think it's going to be really interesting so let's just, let's move on because we got a lot of other teams we're going to talk about and rip, rip into or say that we like their moves brandon you're on the clock number two here with the washington commanders so this this is kind of a weird one for me because i actually really liked sam Howell when he came out i know he didn't play great but i mean their line was a mess i mean that team was a mess but I don't think they can move forward with him, you know, with the, you know, new coaching staff and all that. So I think they will have to go quarterback here. 
And um, I'm not really that big of a believer in Jane Daniels. I think he's obviously has a lot of potential, but I think a lot of people see the highlights and don't necessarily see like he would make a lot, you know, he has trouble reading defenses early on. Um, I think it, he kind of be like in the um, mold of Lamar early on. I'm not saying he's Lamar. I'm just saying where it might be one, two reads and then run. Um, so, and I really like uh, Drake May, you know, um, coming out of North Carolina. I know some people aren't so high on him, but with him and Caleb Williams, I've said those both of their team defenses were were horrid, horrible. So I think they thought they had to take more risks, both him and Caleb, to score. And sometimes they would make mistakes. Whereas if they had better defenses, they would be like, okay, we can punt every now and then. So, you know, that might not come to fruition or anything, but that's at least something I saw. Like they continually had to score points um, to stay in games. And then just sometimes they, they came up short. Yeah, I, I'm a Sam Howell guy as well. I If they end up going May or Daniels here, I really hope he gets a shot somewhere else. Now, I don't know if they'd move him because they got a rookie QB. Maybe you hold on to him as the backup just in case. Maybe they decide, oh, no, well, let's do an older guy like they did with Brissett behind Howell. But I, if he ends up moving on, I really hope somebody else gives him a shot because I think, you know, the interceptions were bad, but the O-line was terrible. And I just think he has a lot of room to grow. I loved him coming out uh, his rookie year. I couldn't believe he fell as far in the draft as he did. Uh, Joe, you got any thoughts on this second uh, second pick, Drake May, Howell, any of that jazz? I don't know if I'm like – zero years old when I when I found out that Drake May was the little brother of Luke May the uh basketball star for the Tar Heels because I just I mean and I love college basketball and I just had never really put it together and also I didn't even know that and 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 like literally I'm like watching one of these games and like literally Luke May is like in this like he's sitting there with his brother Drake at like this game and everyone's like oh there's the brothers I'm like whoa they're brothers like Luke May was like like I'm a Duke fan like he was one of the most annoying guys in the history of Carolina basketball because he wasn't like good, but he was like, like Jokic good. Like he doesn't wow you in any which way, but just did a lot of little things crazy. But I mean, do we like, do we think the Redskins would go back to back with like Carolina quarterbacks and be like, Hey, we've just got it covered. Like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting to see like, you know, Drake may is, is I think has a lot of the intangibles, but he doesn't have any of the wow. So I don't know, like, if that sort of seems like Sam Hallish a little bit too, like, and that's sort of like the MO. I think a lot of these NFL teams are not liking the, hey, he's pretty good. I think they're looking for the, yeah, but he does this one thing really, really good. So we're going to, like, bank on that. I mean, but, hey, he's he, he's got all the things to be a good quarterback. And the Redskins, they're a whole new leadership team. So who knows where they're going to go, you know? So, but yeah, he's a solid pick. Yeah, I I think they really want to move up for Caleb. I just think they do. I think they want Caleb real bad, and they're trying to figure out if they can make it work or they're going to mortgage the house. Uh, good, you good, you crack me up because I I always say the Redskins still too. I can't get myself to say Commanders. Uh, I always say Redskins. This is the old school. I really hope they change the name again. I I really I see all these online, all these uniform updates and, and then going back to the old school look i'm like man i would love to see them do that so as it moves on to me here uh for pick three i 
if Bill Belichick's there, I'm not so sure they go QB here. I, I know everybody wants them to take Jane Daniels. I'm like Brandon. I am not completely sold. Until this year, I was a little surprised he was still starting over Nussmeyer from L- at LSU. I actually thought Nussmeyer was much better quarterback. Daniels had a great year. I mean, I can't take anything away from him. He still scares me a little bit at the NFL level. He took a ton of huge hits in college. He was just never got down. Uh, he he just makes me nervous. He really does. He had a great year. I'm not going to take that away from him. But he also had fantastic freaking receivers on his team. Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors were awesome. So I, I am I am very nervous about Daniels. I I kind of think ownership really wants Mac Jones to work. I really think they do. And so I'm not 100% sure that they're completely out on Mac. So this one's a toughie for me because everyone says, hey, it's QB. Everybody knows it's QB. And they're like, well, if it's not QB, is it Marvin Harrison? And just a wide receiver at three just seems like a completely non-Patriots thing to do. It almost feels like they would go O-line here to me. It really does. I'm going to take Daniels just because that's kind of all the hype right now, but I really, really kind of think, and I won't be that shocked if they end up taking Joe all at the offensive lineman. I, I'm just, I'm going to say it now just because I really think that things might, I, I just don't know. I, for some reason, everybody's hyped up Jay and Daniels to be in the top five. And I'm not sold that everyone in the NFL believes that personally. I just, I just don't know it. So, but I'm going to take him right now. For the Patriots at number three, Jane Daniels, quarterback, LSU. He's going there, but I, I'm just going to put on record. I I am very, very not sure. I mean, very unsure about this pick. I'm at like 40, 40%, maybe 35% do I think that's actually going to happen. What do, you, what do you guys think? Uh, I, I I think it's – actually, I think it's a slam dunk, to yeah. be honest. And, and, and here's the reason why um, you have a whole new coaching staff. Jared Mayo, you know, is taken over. And I think he looks at it and goes, I'm a defensive guy. So I need to arm my offense with as much power as possible. And they need everything. There's, there's no doubt about it. That did is a very, very weak team. But anybody who watched enough Patriots games would have just looked at Mac Jones and you just scratch your head. Cause like for every like good, like dude, I'm an Eagles fan. He killed us last year. He had like over 300 yards passing. But it, at the end of the day, it was like, you can have all the stats. Did you win? Did you make winning plays? And at the end, I don't know. I don't, I think Mac Jones is just going to be another one of those really good college quarterbacks who got to the NFL. And because he didn't have that one characteristic that we keep talking about, that's going to make him really good even great. I think they go with Jaden Daniels. You got to remember, yes, he had really, really good wide receivers. He also had a 40 to four touchdown, the interception ratio last year, at least the kid's good with the ball. He doesn't Uh kill himself. And it sort of reminds me. And again, I'm not a huge comparison guy. Donovan McNabb would do that. He would not throw that ball into a tight window if he didn't love it. And he kept those numbers low. And I think Jaden Daniels, like, I think that's a, it's a good skill to have when you're first starting. Don't go to a window you don't think's open. So, my only thing with Jaden Daniels too is it's kind of the Bo Nitz thing. Like, yeah, this year they put up like crazy numbers, but I'm a guy. I know you can get better as you know you go through your career, but I don't think you can throw out those years before. Um, I think you still have to look if they struggled and everything like that. 
Um, but but to um, I saw something on Twitter where uh, Bailey Zappi was saying he would watch film in the wide receiver room because it was so toxic in the quarterback room. Like pretty much like Matt Jones is kind of like lost a lot of people in that building. And Jane Daniels, total opposite uh, of Matt Jones, you know, quarterback wise, you know, mobile guy, you know, athleticism. I always thought Matt Jones needed to go to a team that had the weapons that he just had to like get him the ball. And the Patriots were not that way. They needed someone that would elevate their mediocre receivers that they always have. And that wasn't Matt Jones. So I that marriage would, you know, I know that first year he had success, but it was kind of fool's gold. And we we've we've seen that since. All right, Goody, you are on the clock at number four for the Arizona Cardinals. Marvin Harrison. I mean, there just like I mean, there, there's really not a whole lot to say on him. I mean, he he's probably the best player in this draft. And I think it's comical that a lot of people are just trying to throw a lot of smoke in there saying like they think Malik Neighbors is a better receiver. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, there's no route tree Harrison cannot run. I think the Cardinals are going to be ecstatic that they do this. But again, as you'd said, the Patriots way, they could easily be like, Hey, listen, Arizona, we're getting a lot of trade offers. People want to move up for Harrison because they want to get in front of you. So we'll drop down one spot. Like I, that, that is the Patriot way. And then they will leverage it going, Hey, look, we're going to get a little more firepower. We'll still get the quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harrison is just, he is, he's so good. He made a go back to college. That's how good Marvin Harrison is because that kid was like, you know what? I'm never going to shake that shadow. I got to be the number one guy. I'm going to go back to school one more year. So Marvin Harrison with the fourth pick slam dunk. I love it. I mean, Harrison's my favorite player. I, I'm in a bunch of C2C and Debbie leagues, and I was all over him after his freshman year. Even though he barely played kind of not till the end where everybody kind of opted out for the Rose Bowl and everything, but he played more near the end of the season. I was just like – I'm a Colts fan. I've seen six. His dad's my favorite player ever. He's why I'm a Colts fan, to be honest with you. Dominic McNabb, Marvin Harrison, they were my guys at Syracuse. That was my team. So I love them already for that reason. But I just think, I just think there is no way he's not number one. I, I just don't see it. I, I watched him play. People looked at him and they're like, well, his stats weren't really better this year than last year. He went from CJ Stroud to, Mc, to McCord. And still put up the same stats. That's crazy to me. That I mean, his stats did not dip, even though every team was doubling him. People were all over him. Even games where he didn't have a bunch of catches, he always had an impact touchdown. Even if he didn't have a, a bunch of receptions, I I just don't know how you take it. The fact that he's actually four to me, I just to me is unbelievable because I would take him one. Even if I was the Bears, I'd take him one. I really would. Uh, it's just hard to take a wide receiver one in this day and age, but I would take him. I I didn't know if I loved the landing spot in Arizona, but I I'm starting to I'm starting to talk myself into it with Kyler and McBride. I'm like, man, that offense could be pretty interesting. So I'm all in on Marvin Harrison. If he goes, if he goes to the Cardinals, I I don't hate it. I think the Patriots is the landing spot I like the least for him. It, other than the Giants in those top six picks. So I'd love to see him for the Bears. I'd love to see him. I still think he'd be good on Washington. Washington took him. I like, I love him for the Chargers, but I'd still like him for Arizona as well. Brand, you got anything on Marvin before we move on to your pick? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I've heard all the stuff with neighbors. I think neighbors is very good. 
any other year, he'd be the number one receiver. But Marvin Harrison can do everything. And look at the Cardinals. Kyler did great with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, same type of big-bodied receiver. Look at all those great years in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I think they want to just continue that. And, I mean, if he goes to Arizona and Kyler can stay healthy, I think he would have to be the favorite for, you know, rookie of the year just because he's going to be able to just be slotted in and just go crazy there. All right, so you're up actually on the clock here at number five with the Los Angeles Chargers. Jim Harbaugh, new coach in there. Everybody's wondering what's going to happen uh, after the Herbert injury, and they just fell apart last year. They were my number one disappointing team in the league last year. I actually thought they were a sleeper Super Bowl uh, contender, and they fell apart. I was completely wrong on that. So what do you think here they do at five? I know people are, are discussing. I know what a lot of people in fantasy want, but what do you think they actually do here at five? Yeah, so people have talked wide receiver, which, you know, I think with uh, Quentin Johnson, I think I think Harbaugh because – and also, I'm a Michigan fan, so, you know, I've kind of seen what Harbaugh's done in the last, like, 10 years. He saw at TCU how he, like, torched Michigan. Um, I think he can get some more out of him. And I thought Johnston was never going to be, a, like, a year one, like, huge con- contributor. Thought he was kind of a guy you had to develop. Um, I know that they want wide receiver – Tight end is kind of, you know, with the, the hype with Bowers, but I don't think Bowers fits what Harbaugh kind of likes in his tight ends because he's more just the receiving type. Um, doesn't necessarily have all the all the bulk for the, you know, inline blocking. Um, I know this isn't exciting, but I think they go um, offensive line. So I, I put um, – I'm taking Joe Alt from uh, Notre Dame. Get that toughness with the running game, um, you know, add to that. And um, – I think it will help Herbert, um, you know, develop in a football sense. I think he's not going to be that necessarily top five quarterback every week with the way Harbaugh is going to run that offense. But I think he could be more efficient. Um, Still a QB one in fantasy, but just not throw for those crazy 300-yard games all the time. But we see that that hasn't really brought them success. So football-wise, it might be better that, you know, they get that – a more stable running game. Joe, you got anything on this one for the Chargers pick? I mean, I I had him pegged as an offensive tackle as well. Um, I actually did not pick Joe Alt though for the Chargers. Um, And and the only reason is, is I I went with, I think Harbaugh loves familiarity. And I think he's very familiar with our boy Ole from Penn State. And if a little surprising stat with as many good defenses as there were in the Big Ten last year, Ole did not give up a sack. And I think that would weigh a little bit on Harbaugh, and he might just go, man, when we game plan, we picked the other side because <laughs> that kid would – and, you know, that was – I mean, I want, like I said, I love the pick all. I think the kid's a really great player. I just want Ole for there just because I felt like he might just lean there, but mm-hmm. I think it's a good pick. Alt's great. Yeah, for me, then I, I I think they go O line too. I obviously I'd love to see Malik Neighbors there for fantasy purposes. I wanted Jordan Addison there last year for fantasy purposes, but I I do think I agree with you guys. Harbaugh going there, I think they can't pass up the number one uh, guy on the board. I think Alt is a great pick, but I I, I I'm leaning with Joe here. I do think they go uh, with the Penn State guy just because they know him so well. But here's another question. So a lot of people talking about uh, number six here on the clock. This is me, New York Giants. They're the same thing as the Chargers. Everybody kind of thinks they're going wide receiver. Their wide receiver core has been bad. Daniel's been beat up. But anybody who watched the Giants, I know you watched the Giants, Joe. The Did they have the worst offensive line in the league? 
they didn't, it was close. They guys were getting killed. That QB back there, I know everybody thinks they should go wide receiver. I think this is an insanely deep wide receiver group. I think they wait on wide receiver. I think they say, hey, you know, we've got a short. I mean, we just paid Daniel Jones a crap load of money and watched him get murdered for a whole season. I think they're out on that. I do think that uh, Fashanu goes, and then I think they take Alt, but because of this exercise, Alt going in for him, I think they go the O-lineman. I think they uh, take Ali Fashanu from Penn State. I think he's the guy. I think they 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 just look at it and they say, we've got to build this line. We've got to build this line, and we can get those position players later. I know it's not what fantasy people want to hear, um, but if you have Daniel Jones, I kind of like it because I've got him in quite a few leagues, and I do not want to see him going out with injury you know, a couple games in the season again because I need him. I need him to play, and I need him to play well. If you know, What do you guys think about uh, number six here with the Giants? I, I think you're right. I think they need offensive line help. Um, at the same point, I, I just don't think the Giants have a really good front office. I think they don't make the pick that they should make. I think they make the pick that people want them to make. Um, and I think that's a huge difference in why certain franchises have been very, very successful. And then like some, like you want to look at like the Texans is a good example. They did their own thing. They, pushed the envelope with like their core principles, which is something we keep hearing a lot with these coaches at the combine. And I don't know what the giants core principles are like Saquon's probably gone. So he's leaving because they're not going to want to sign him. And quite honestly, why would he want to go back there? And then Daniel Jones is like runs around like crazy. Um, I think Ollie is the right pick for the giants. I just don't know if they physically can make the right pick. I, I like where your head's out there. Brandon, you got anything on here with the Giants? Man, the Giants are in like a weird position to me because, you know, they made the playoffs and they looked bad last year. Offensive line is atrocious. Like I said, I'm not a huge Daniel Jones guy, but I don't think anyone could succeed bet there. But say they do get, you know, offensive linemen, sure that up a little bit. Then you're still banking on Daniel Jones with not very good receivers. So it's kind of – you shore up that one thing, but then it's kind of like you've got to fix a lot of other things too. So it's kind of, I think for them, it has they have to figure out their priority level of what do we want to make sure we fix first and then try to supplement that in later rounds or free agency. Yeah, I like I, I just think I think the move for them personally is I think they should go O-line if one of those guys are there. And I, I go wide receiver in second and third round. And then I jump on a running back in like the fourth or the fifth round and kind of go from there. But uh, who's, who knows kind of where they go? We'll jump on to number seven here. This is another team kind of in the same mix with the Giants. What should they do and what, there are, are, what are they actually going to do is the Tennessee Titans here at number seven. Uh, Joe, you're on the clock. So, I mean, I, I spec this out when I did this little exercise, which like the ideal pick. And the ideal pick for me was Joe Alt for them. I thought he would be perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And then my secondary was if something else crazy happened, Oli would be, you know, fashion would be like the next perfect guy for them. At this point, I think they take Malik Neighbors. I think they say, why did we trade AJ Brown in the first place? Traylon Burks not necessarily been as advertised necessarily. And I think they go, you know what? We have to protect Will Levis. 
But if we give him some really fun things to play with and, the, and the, you know, when he gets to look out there, maybe he'll be a little bit happier. So I go Malik Neighbors just strictly based off of the quality of the player. Um, and then if I went to my next offensive lineman, it to me is just a drop too much at the seventh pick. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Joe. I, I think they go O-line, but I think if Neighbors falls, I think you're right. I think they get, I think they're like, oh, we got to go and get another wide receiver. We, I think you said it perfectly. Mess up the AJ Brown situation, and now they're like, we've got to, you know, hopefully Traylon Burks works out. But if he doesn't, you know, we, neighbors is too good to pass up. Brandon, what do you think about here with number seven, the Titans? Yeah, I think that's definitely something they would do. You know, uh, coach came from Cincinnati. You know probably kind of thinks, you know, maybe neighbors could be in the mold of, you know, a, a dominant receiver like Jamar Chase, you know, and they've got to get Will Levis, uh, you know, more weapons. I wasn't a big Levis fan either, but I mean, he showed, he showed flashes. And I think he's a guy you've got to go get talent because, you know, guys that can win, you know, those matchups, those 50, 50 balls he likes to throw. Um, so I definitely, since the two, two linemen went, went ahead of uh, the Titans, I think neighbors is definitely a good pick there. We got a couple comments here. Uh, KP says, what's up fellas. He says the Pats haven't had a weapon since Randy Moss. I totally agree. I think Marvin Harrison's that weapon. The problem is he doesn't have Tom Brady throwing the football. If they had somebody else, I think, I think they would go get Harrison. I like that idea. And then he also had his comment on the bears said bears to trade down about three picks, get some extra picks and grab Harrison and smile all the way. I'm actually hundred percent in on that. I agree. I think if they could move back two or three picks, uh, get Harrison and then add some to the mix and keep fields. That's my personal uh, opinion that I think that's what they should do. So thanks KP for, for jumping in there. We are now on to number eight in the draft, the Atlanta Falcons, Brandon, you are on the clock. So I think that they could go so many different ways. Obviously it depends on, um, you know, there's been talk about them trading for Justin Fields, obviously, That'll change everything. So, you know, they could go, um, you know, quarterback, get another wide receiver. Um, I kind of thought like a complimentary wide receiver to Drake London um, or, uh, you know, a edge rusher. Uh, but I think at this spot, especially how he's rising up and, you know, we'll see what he does in the combine. Um, I'm going to have them take uh, JJ McCarthy there because I think, you know, they have Bijan, you know, there. Um, in Algier, so they can have a steady running game. Um, JJ has played in an offense where you know he could run off play action and do all those type of things. I think he'll do well with Pitts in London and um, you know, the other pieces they have there. Um, and I think even though he would be a rookie, I think they could have some success if they plug him in and he's able to catch on to the playbook right away. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is a perfect trade opportunity for the Falcons. If they don't love JJ, I could see them shopping this pick and hoping one of these teams in the teens really want him, you know, say the Vikings, the Broncos, the Raiders, if somebody else out there really, really wants him, I could see them going, Hey, we like an edge rusher. We like a few other guys. Maybe we move back and add some pieces. They definitely need another wide receiver. Uh, you know, Mac Hollins as your number two is just not going to get it done. Uh, so I, I can see them moving back, trying to get maybe an extra second round pick and going wide out in the second round. But I think, you know, if they stuck here I and they can't get fields and they don't get anybody to trade, I, 
I'm in on a JJ pick here. I think the more and more it looks like, the more and more I think he's going to be a top ten guy. What do you think, Joe? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm weird on JJ. I don't know. I know he's rising up the boards and stuff, but like my brain goes back to play one against Alabama in the biggest game at the, of their career, and that first throw was a pick. I mean, and it, and like yeah. for me, I'm just like. And I'm like, I'm like, is this just because like there's like, and and you got to be honest with this game, right? Like, they gave the ball to Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and said, "Please go save us," and that's what they did. They saved them, and they didn't look at JJ McCarthy and say, "JJ, you need to save us." And I don't know, like he just, just I know he's gonna be like a guy, right? And I go, but do teams want Kirk Cousins? who could be around a while, which I think Will Levis is going to fall into this trap. Like a guy who's going to like do enough and kind of stay around, or do they want to go and get the guy that's like, Hey, go, go take a risk and and see if this guy could be exceptional. And I don't know if JJ is going to fall into, I don't know where he is. Could he be the next Baker Mayfield? Like, is this going to be like kind of okay, good, but like not necessarily like the man. I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of like a little bit, like I said, he didn't really have much receiver help. Like, so it's like maybe they didn't throw because they knew they could just run the ball a lot. Um, and when push comes to shove, I think the Falcons have a lot of skill weapons. I think, honestly, I think they're probably going to go. I, I just heard Geno Smith's name today was like a name that could probably easily be had. Imagine him with Drake London and Kyle Pitts with Geno. And then the Falcons go and take, you know, probably a defensive guy. Cause I think they're getting really close to that defense being like pretty decent. Um, and maybe just getting a high end edge rusher might be their way, but you know, with the board, the way it is, I think JJ is definitely a good safety net for the Falcons. Yeah. I, I, I think somebody's going to fall in love with him. I think there's going to be a bunch of teams. He's not even on their radar. They don't really like him. They're like, okay, but I think there's going to be some teams that are going to start, start feeling that pressure a little bit. And do does somebody make a crazy move and move way up to get him? I, I could see it happening. Um, I like JJ. I think he's solid. I love JJ when I thought he was going to be like, oh, very uh, late first round, beginning of the second round. I'm like, oh, I really like that value. I don't know if I want to take him top 10. I think he could go top 10. I don't think I would be making the move to take him top 10. Uh, but you know, I've seen people on every side on that. So it's going to be interesting uh, to kind of see where he ends up. So we are moving on uh, to pick number nine. That's me, the Chicago Bears. So if I'm here and I'm the Bears, I made the move. I'm taking uh, already taking Caleb Williams, even if I moved off that and taken someone else, but I didn't get a wide out. I didn't get Marvin Harrison. Uh, this is where I'm going. Okay. I'm taking Roma Dunze. I just, I know they could wait on it, but I think they just going to look at that and go, man, this is a perfect opportunity for us to really load up for e whoever either our quarterback is fields or Williams. I just don't see him passing up on this. Now I could see him going defense here. If they moved out of the number one pick took maybe Harrison and then go defense. But here for me with the way the board's dropping, I'm going Washington wide receiver, uh, Roma Dunze at number nine to the bears. Yeah, you, I mean, you got Brandon, Joe. You feel feel anything special or any hatred about this? I, or you like I think they go D end. That's just my gut. I think they would love the idea of pairing the quarterback with a receiver, um, and I think Adunze would be a nice pair to DJM. Um, but at the same time, I think they're they could have their pick of elite defensive ends. 
um, not the third choice at receiver, but like the, if they, if they love one, um, you know, and like, you know, obviously at this point, it's like Jared verse Dallas Turner, Latu Latu, like, like there's basically those three guys like, that it seemed to be the edge guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's a great pairing for them. And I think him and DJ Moore are going to be nasty. Nice. And then with Cole commit over the middle, it's like, okay. Who, who's your favorite DN of this group? Well, obviously we'll talk about it a little more when we get into the group, but if you were the bears and you were taking, you think they're going DN, which, who do you think they would take as, as the DN? Who's your number one? I, I mocked them at Dallas Turner. Okay. I, I like, I like Dallas Turner possibly there or to the Falcons. Like you said, if they maybe move there, but I, I like uh, where your head's at there. Brandon, any thoughts on, on a Dunze here? Well, it's funny that you say that about Dallas Turner because there's three there's three players I I, uh, I wrote down for the Falcons: McCarthy, Turner, uh, Turner, and Odunzi. So you know the, all, all three of those guys around there. Um, since you did say we have said that the wide receiver group you know is so deep, so if they think like maybe in the second round or you know maybe even the third round they can still get a quality receiver since they already have their number one guy in DJ Moore, I could see them going defense at, at nine. Um, but, you know, they need defense and receivers. So I think either way, um, you know, but I'm kind of in the same same thinking, you know, getting the third receiver of the class or, or one of the top edge players, you know, that might just be too, um, you know, big of a, a risk to not take. Yeah, well, let's move on here. Number 10, New York Jets. Jay Goody, you are on the clock here. So I, I I just think this is the short window with Aaron Rodgers, and we've got to make sure that he's not going to get injured on the fourth play of the season. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of smoke with Fawaga with them, and I know that they came out and said they really liked them. I don't know. I think that was really, really early to throw a guy's name out there. Um, I think they go with J.C. Latham. I think he's just more plug-in ready right now, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, I'd rather the guy I know can do it. So I go JC Latham. Yep, I, I that's that's the pick I would make, and that's the pick I would I would have given them to in this uh, this case. What about you, Brandon? What do you think about Latham to the Jets? Yeah, I mean they definitely need fits the O line. Um, I think they do need wide receiver help as well. But I mean, obviously, with how it happened last year, you've got you've got to protect Aaron Rodgers, so they have to go O line, whichever one you know they necessarily would like, you know. Um, up for interpretation, but they definitely need to go line. Brandon, we'll stick with you here at number 11, Minnesota Vikings. Who do you think they'd take here in the first round? Well, if McCarthy was still here, I think that would be a possibility. You know, don't really know what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins there. Um, even if they do come to agreement with Kirk Cousins, I mean, they need to start looking towards the future. But, um, and there's, you know, no, but I don't, since uh, McCarthy went, I don't see quarterback there. Um, not really linebackers that, that high. So I'll, I'll go edge and I'll give them um, Dallas Turner. Um, you know, I think that would, that would fill in well with it, with that, that defense. Joe, what do you think about edge rusher for the Vikings? That's kind of where I'm leaning. I kind of thought maybe edge theirs and just depending on who they like better, but that's kind of where I was leaning. If there's no McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the only thing that I was thinking about with the Vikings if they think they're really going to be good, but like we're missing something and 
I know this sounds weird, but they're going to be missing TJ Hawkinson for most of this year. And that this is where the whispers of like, where does Brock Brock Bowers go? And like, I know that would be like just an indulgence, but if they really think it's like, look, our offense is already set. We have exactly what we want, except we need TJ Hawkinson. And this is where we go get Brock Bowers. Um, But I mean, edge, like I said, we already talked about Dallas Turner, like three picks ago saying that he could easily be there too. So, you know, I like Dallas Turner a lot. So I think it's a great pick for the Vikings. And I agree quarterback, the Vikings are rumored to be all over the place too. This is going to be a really, really fun draft because this is where I got to like all my guys and have like four different names for each team where I'm just like really could see them going in any of these directions. And it's like, when that trade happens or the we're looking to sign somebody, the rumors are out there. They had dinner somewhere. Um, but yeah, Dallas Turner, I th- Dallas Turner is a good fit for the Vikes. Yeah. Then this, this is an interesting spot for me. Like I said, I think you, you know, jets, Vikings, Broncos, Raiders, I can see every one of these teams either moving up or moving back. If their guy they wanted is gone. Uh, I think you can see a lot of movement here. Broncos are a team I think I can see moving up to eight to take McCarthy, depending on what they decide to do with Russell Wilson. This is a spot where I'm like, I just don't 100% know what I think they would do. Um, To me, they've just always seemed like they've leaned edge or cornerback. If that is like, if it's up in the air, they've always gone edge or cornerback. That's just kind of what the Broncos want to do on defense. So for here, for me, I'd break it down. To me, it would be between uh, Latu or Arnold, the top Alabama cornerback. They already got some lockdown guys. They're looking good. They've had some guys get injured. They've moved some guys on that defense. I think they go back to edge after the Brad, uh, after getting rid of Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins. I think they go back to edge. I think they like Latu, uh, the edge from UCLA. I can see them going QB or moving, but if not, I think they hold firm. And they, I think that if they say, hey, we can get the maybe their number one edge is still on the board if Turner goes in front of them. I like that. So I'm going Latu, defensive end, UCLA. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about that? Any, any uh, thoughts on Latu? Uh, I think it really depends. It, you know, there's been questions about if, if they have a quarterback they want to go get, if they would trade uh, Sertain. So if they trade, you know, Sertain or something, they might go corner there. So, um, you know, but I think edge or corner, you know, with it's kind of like we're, I just was saying with these teams, they probably want a quarterback, but I don't see any quarterback after McCarthy went eight. So I think they would turn to defense in end or corner, depending on, you know, the, the situations at those two positions in the offseason. I look at it too. Like, I think the combines are really, really important for a lot too, because those medicals, you know, there are mm-hmm. a lot of like, whispers like he's out of football not coming back then he like comes back turns himself into a guy um and i i just think those medicals are going to be huge for him um you know saying all that i actually did mock a quarterback to the broncos because i just don't know how russell wilson wants to go back there and i think it was funny when he was like i'm gonna win two championships i'm like bro, they literally benched you. Like, why? Like, no, that doesn't work. That does, like, dude, you're a vet. You're a, like, you're not like, like Desmond Ritter, who's like starter backup, starter backup. You're not, you know, like, you're not like one of the Vikings guys, like you're Nick Mullins. And then all of a sudden, like, you're not one of those guys, like you're Russell Wilson. Like, dude, yeah. like you need to have a little integrity and be like, you know what Broncos, if you want me out, I'm out. Like, 
do me a yeah. post June designation. Let me to start negotiating myself now. I'll be, I'm good, whatever. Um, so yeah, the Broncos are in a very, very interesting situation because like only they know exactly what that plan is. So, I mean, best value on the board, like Latu's definitely up there for them. So yeah, that, that's one of the spots. If they don't get a QB, they don't get, get McCarthy, they decide they're going to move Wilson. You know, is that like a Sam Howell spot? Do they maybe try to trade for a guy like that and, and make a move? If they can't get McCarthy. They go, oh, let's maybe let's try to see if we can get, you know, cheap draft picks and go get uh, Sam Howell. Be interesting. Uh, Joe, you're right back on the clock here at number 13 with the Las Vegas Raiders. So this was probably the most interesting pick. I literally wrote in my notes first pick I had no clue on. And that's only because it's it's like <laughs> historically the Raiders have been such a crazy team. Like you don't know really what they're thinking. Um, saying all that, I tried to put my head into their um, their brain. And I think they're another team. I don't think Aiden O'Connell is the long-term answer. Um, so I am going to take, because I, th- I had him with the Broncos as my guy. I think he goes one left. It's Bo Nix to the Raiders. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I am not sold on Knicks, and I'm not sold on Phoenix. I I kind of feel like they're third round guys that people say, okay, they're older. You know, Phoenix injury concerns. I'll take them to the third, like a Howell, like a, a Matt Coral, and go. Okay, with well, you know, we'll take them. Not spend too much on them, and if they work, great. If they don't, we didn't like spend the farm to get them. But I am also on the same side where I can totally see teams going and getting one one or both of these guys in the first round. Brand, you guys thoughts on, uh, on Bo Nix to the Raiders. Uh, yeah. I just, I know he really improved. I know Bo Nix really improved, but I, I wouldn't want to take him that high in the first round early, like early second, late first, I might roll the dice with Bo Nix, but um, I do wonder, I don't think O'Connell is the answer long-term either, but I do wonder if they think he can be a bridge guy and then maybe they could get a quarterback maybe in the second or third round and, um, you know, go, go a different direction there. Um, because O'Connell had times when he played, you know, played pretty well. And I think they're going to be a defensive team. Um, and then, you know, mitts in the pass with uh, Devontae Adams and everything. But uh, I just don't know about the taking bone nits that high personally. Let's move on to pick number 14 here, New Orleans Saints. Brandon, this is you on the clock. I just want to first say this doesn't have to do with the draft, but uh, I used to be a Derek Carr uh, supporter, and then just the last couple of years, I just can't. Like, especially last year, some of those games were brutal. Um, and I guess they restruct- might be restructuring him, and then I guess he's going to stay uh, as their starter. So – um, there's a lot of different ways I saw this. I saw, you know, maybe a corner, you know, maybe some offensive line. But um, this might be a little early, but I um, I had them taking uh, wide receiver Brian Thomas out of LSU. Um, pair him with Olave. Um, I think we've seen Carr isn't that type that is just going to elevate, you know, receivers. He needs talent to, you know, to get it there and just another talented receiver there. Um you know, I've seen Brian Thomas going anywhere from, you know, top 15 to end of the first. So this might be a little high, but I, I really like his skill set. And I think he'd be a good compliment to uh, Olave. 
Yeah, I like that move. I, I could totally see them making that move, getting some more offensive help. I'm the same way as you. He's always back Derek Carr, and I'm like, man, watching him this last year, I was like, this is getting so brutal. I was like, oh, now I know why the Raiders moved on. Uh, but, yeah, I think they maybe go offensive weapons, like you said, to add to Alave. I mean, Rashid Shahid is is a nice little weapon, but you don't want him to be one of your, one of your top two guys. I, I can totally see him going Thomas, the big body. Uh, they need red zone help because right now it's just nothing. Uh, they, just, they just don't have um, guys that can help them in the red zone, and they're just going with Hill, you know, with the quarterback running the wildcat, doing whatever to try to score. Uh, Goody, what do you think uh, about Brian Thomas to the, to the Saints here at 14? I think that's exactly the kind, like I'm, I'm with Brandon, right? So if Thomas gets through this little thing, he drops all the way down to like the mid twenties. It's just because I saw all those other teams just like, I'm like, I don't see them going to get a receiver like that. Um, so this is kind of one of those bold moves. Like the saints go, you know, we could take one of those other guys or, you know what, we just go get the guy we really like. And I think Brian Thomas, there's a lot to like about him. And I think some people look at it and go, yeah, but he wasn't even the best receiver on his team. It was Malik Nevers. That's great because he's going to go play with Chris Olave. Like uh -huh. he's good at working with another receiver. Like he doesn't have to be an alpha where like DeAndre Hopkins wants 24 targets a game. Like that dude just is like, throw me the ball. And I think there's other receivers that are like, look, you can give me five or six and I'm going to make plays. So, like, I'm okay, and I'm going to earn more. And I think Brian Thomas and Olave would be – that's actually a really, really cool pairing. So, like, I'm actually secretly going to root for that now. I'm like, yeah. I, I kind of like it now that you said it. I was like, I kind of yeah. like it. I, I'm in on that one too. Uh, at number 15 here, my Indianapolis Colts uh, season ticket holder, I'm going to go with a double here. I'm going to go Brock Bowers. I – I want it to happen so badly, so I'm probably jinxing it just because I want it to happen. They have a thousand, literally a thousand tight ends already on the roster. They've taken a tight end every year for it seems like a century. They love themselves some tight ends. I just think Bowers is just such a game breaker. I, they want Anthony Richardson to work so badly because everyone on here sold everything they had on Anthony Richardson. And I think they're like, we got to get him another weapon. And that'd be a pretty scary offense with a healthy JT. If AR can pull it together, if they re-sign Pittman with downs and now Bowers, and then you got a Jelani Woods, hopefully makes it back from injury after he missed all last year. You know, he's a nice little red zone target. I just think Bowers is just too much of a weapon for Shane Strykin to pass on. I just think Strykin is going to see him and be like, man, I could do so much with this guy. I just, I just like it. I Bowers, I'd love to watch it in college. I know people are like, oh, is he really that big? Is he really that fast? But, man, when you watched him play, the guy was a beast. He ran through tackles. He never slowed down. I, I just like him a ton. And this, to me, as a fanboy, this would be my perfect landing spot, is if Brock Bowers got all the way to 15 to the Colts. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Bowers at 15 to the Colts? <clears throat> love it. I mean, you got to remember Steichen is uh... – a former Eagle. So he's used to working with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And I feel like that offense with Pittman, um, I think that's a pretty ideal. Like we had a couple, like we had Harrison at the top and we're like slam dunk. I almost feel like Brock Bowers to the Colts. If that's there, it's like slam dunk, like go get them, run up there, let them be excited um, and go, we got our guy. We got probably maybe the 
third most talented player in the draft, maybe. Um, his Like I said, his only knock is he doesn't block. Okay, so he doesn't block. But when he catches 80 balls for 1,022 know, yards and eight touchdowns, you're not going to care that he didn't yeah. block. They so got three other guys that block. They got three other huge yeah. attack. That's what I was that going. That's what I was going to say. They have all those other tight ends to block. Just put him out there. You know, you can move him around. Um, I didn't even think about that for the Colts, but uh, that'd be perfect. You know, because young quarterbacks, they say, you know, the the security blanket is the tight end over the middle, and to get the very best, you know, best in the in the draft, and probably in the last couple drafts, um, you saw what you know what a big impact Sam Laporta had this year so you can see like you know they used to be rookie tight ends don't make an impact well Laporta showed they really can make an impact and I think in Indy that could be huge for them uh Joe I think it's you here with the Seattle Seahawks at number 16 plenty of talent left on the board what do you see the Seahawks doing here so this really becomes I think for me like a situation you know a lot of new coaching staffs right so it's and, and the Seahawks fall into that. And then I said to myself, hmm, who is going to be there calling the place for the Seahawks? And it ends up being uh, our buddy Gruff from the Washington Huskies. And then you go, okay, he was going to Alabama. So obviously he must know what he's doing because Alabama does not take somebody unless they know what they're doing. Um, and then I said to myself, like, okay, so I think offensive line has to be with the Seahawks. And who's a guy right now? that I think that they would be really familiar with. And I think if they're bold, which I'm hoping they are, I take Jackson Powers Johnson. And I go, Ooh. he's the guy. He's going to be the linchpin to the offense. We've got Charbonnet. We've got Kenneth Walker. We know we have all these offensive pieces in here. Let's make sure that as of now, Geno Smith has the ability to make the plays. So I'm going to be a little bold. I'm going to go with the guy I think they should take. Um, this is definitely, I think, like I'm saying, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm going to put him in there. He's going to be the linchpin to your offense. I'm an Eagles guy. So Jason Kelsey is, like, he literally walks around here like he's a god. And part of the reason is, is because he's just so good at what he does. Ask any other NFL team right now. If they can go back in time and draft Jason Kelsey, would they do it? There's not a single team that would have said, I would take him in the first round right now. Because you yeah. know what you know now, right? He's great. He runs the offense. He calls everything. And the dude just like, he makes mistakes. That's what I love about Jason Kelsey. He makes mistakes. You see him on the field. And then as soon as he makes that mistake, you do not see that mistake again. Like he'll be like, okay, yeah, Aaron Donald, you got me on that one. And then the next play you see Donald on his ass because that's what yep. he, that's what Jason Kelsey does. He's like never again. And when you get athletic like that and you can get out there, I think the Seahawks are going to start like loving the fact that they've got an offensive line that can cover. And that's what's going to happen is they're going to get Jackson Powers Johnson. That's like I said, that's I'm rooting for it because I think he'd be a perfect fit for them. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I think there's a lot of teams. I know everybody says, ah, you don't need to take center in the first round. But I think there's a lot of teams that are eyeing him in this round. I think there's a lot of teams that want him. I'm the same way. I mean, you go back, Jeff, uh, Jeff Saturday for the Colts, Peyton Manning. I mean, all time. Great. I mean, huge difference maker. Uh, Marquise Pouncey for the Steelers with Big Ben. I mean, these centers, these guys that have have had great careers at quarterbacks, almost every time they've had a really good center that has helped mold them, helped 
shape the O-line and do that. I, I agree with you there. I like Powers Johnson. I like him a ton. I, I, I hope when he sneaks down to the Steelers and that they pull the trigger and take him, I really would love to see him on the Steelers. Uh, but I think this is a great pick at, at, for the Seahawks at 16. Brandon, you got anything uh, on, on Powers Johnson here? No, I think that's great too. Um, they like like Joe was saying, they have all the pieces on offense. Um, so try to if Gino does stay there, try to make sure he has everything. And so you know, it's not just like that one year, you know, because he took a little, you know, he declined a little bit in numbers in success this this last uh, season. So maybe try to try to kind of fix that, and, you know, um, sure up that offensive line because sometimes. When they tried to run run the ball last year, they just were not getting any movement, and there was no no room for them to run. Yeah, and uh, KP jumped on here. He says, "No," he says, "We send her the Steelers." I like. I agree with you. I'd love to see him on the Steelers as well. I think that'd be great. Hopefully, he gets there. Uh, Brandon, you're on the clock here at number seventeen with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you knew this. I'm actually live in Jacksonville, so I'm a Jags oh, fan. Very nice. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so started out strong this year, and then a, a you know an epic collapse to end the season. But uh, th- so there's something there's what I would want the Jets to do, you know, and there's what Trent Baalke will do, which is probably the opposite of what he should do. But <laughs> so um, you know, obvious, obviously, um, I think they need offensive line help. But you know, all I'm hearing. Is they feel very confident if everyone's healthy in the offensive line. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, so we'll see. And they, you know, drafted a tackle last year. Um, so I think they need to go get an edge rusher. Um, they got jo- Josh Allen um, and Trayvon Walker shows signs, but you know he's just not dominant enough. And pretty much last year, if it wasn't Josh Allen getting pressure, there really wasn't pressure. So um, kind of looking at this. Um, at the edge rushers, I think they would go after someone like I think this could be a reach, but going after uh, Chop Robinson from Penn State, um, just the speed doesn't necessarily have you know uh, the stats you know stats wise and everything. But we saw like they don't care about that with you know Trayvon Walker because he's big on you know like what the potential you know what you see in the potential, not necessarily what's on the field right away. Um, so I think they could could go that way with Chop Robinson. You know, I watched him um, against Michigan. Uh, pretty much the reason they ran the ball 40 straight times is they couldn't block him. Like, they just could not block him. So they're like, all right, we're not even going to attempt to pass. So let's just let's just get two or three yards. We don't think their offense could do anything. But, yeah, Chop Robinson in that first quarter just was destroying, the, you know, the offensive line that Michigan was, was uh, pretty strong. Joe, what do you think about Chop? You know, you know, like I, the edge rushers, like I think they're like you know Jared Verse is still available, but I I think they're all very very similar dudes. Um, I just Chop Robinson came from Penn State, and whenever you're talking about an edge guy from Penn State, I'm all like, yup, like because they know they know how to coach those kids up, and when push comes to shove, it's like I want a guy like a Chop Robinson who I know has gotten the coaching, and he's going to come in right away and play for them. Um, and Jacksonville is is just I I, I root for him because Dougie Peterson's there, and I, I think he's he, he again like Philly guy. Like we love Doug Peterson, so um, I hope the best for them. I think Chop Robinson's a perfect fit. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I think you know I think T Law's in for a bounce back year. You know, ton of injuries last year. 
I wouldn't mind seeing him going O-line, help him out a little bit, either a wide receiver. I've seen Brian Thomas there, which I would be kind of excited about if he didn't go to the Saints. I kind of like Brian Thomas, but I like Chop there uh, as well. Uh, moving on to number 18, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's back to me. I think the Bengals could go in a ton of different directions here. I really do. I don't think there's anything that is, is a guarantee with them here. The one thing I'm thinking, their D-line is getting a little bit older. They've had some guys that they've been kind of counting on. They're getting up into the 30s. This is a guy I've just seen a ton of. Uh, University of Illinois, 10 minutes away from my house. I go to Illinois football games all the time. This guy just absolutely impressed me. I just think he is the best pass-rushing defensive interior lineman in this draft. There's not Newton. He goes by Johnny. Newton to me is just that guy. He's a little undersized for a defensive tackle, but the guy is just tough as nails. He's got great moves. He's got speed off the ball. He also, not only does he rush the passer, he's, he will trace down guys in the running game. He, he is, he is just a bulldog. I think whoever gets him, uh, I think is going to be super pumped that they ended up pulling the trigger on him. He, he is just a guy that went back to school. Could have came out last year. You know, he was on that verge of edge of the end of the first round, maybe beginning middle second round player went back to school, proved himself was just an absolute stud for Illinois defense. I think the Bengals would take him here. I think if they could get, they got those solid older edge guys, Hendrickson, uh, some of those other guys. I think if they could get a little interior pressure with a guy that still actually can stop the run, I think I pull the trigger if he gets here to him at 18. Any of you guys, uh, what do you guys think about Newton here? Brandon, what do you think Newton uh, here at 18 of the Bengals? Yeah, I think I think that's good. You know, I agree with everything you're saying. Kind of improve that, you know, that uh, defensive line. You know, get some youth in there. Um, they've had to do that across the defense. You know, losing some guys and plugging in some. You know, especially in the secondary. So uh, I definitely think on the defense that would, that would be a solid pick. All right, moving on to pick number nineteen, uh, Joe. You're on the clock with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the, the Rams, will they even know what it's like to draft in the first round? Um, they haven't picked in like a decade, right? They, I mean, they, they literally haven't had a draft pick in the first round in a decade. Listen, I you know, I got a good buddy. Do a little shout out to my boy, Jeff. Um, he's a huge Rams fan, and, and we talk football all the time. And I told him, like, you know, I, I was – we work at a golf course and we like to speculate when we walk on a golf course, and like to have a lot of conversation with their caddies and stuff. And I would play these little games. And one of them, I'd be like, would you give up everything for a Super Bowl right now? And as a Rams fan, he would be like, ah, I'm like, would you do it? And they did it. They went all in and said, we are going to completely blow ourselves up and we're just going to go for it for one year. And, we're, and they did. And good for them. Um, and unfortunately, it's been not as productive. And really, I mean, other than like Puka this year, they really weren't all that exciting this year either. I mean, Puka was really the story of the Rams. Um, so they can go in a lot of different routes. I just keep going back to them, going with Nate Wiggins at corner. I feel like they know they're getting a little older at the position. I feel like this is a chance that they could take one of the more elite guys, and I think Nate Wiggins kind of checks off all those boxes. So I'm going to go Nate Wiggins from Clemson to the Rams. I, I, I like that pick. I think they need DB. I think they lucked out last year. 
I really do. They, if you looked at their secondary, I think almost every one of those guys played out of their mind and had the best year they've ever had. Because if you uh, going into the season, when I did the Rams breakdown last year for the defense, I was like, this might be the worst secondary in the entire league. Like they did not look good. I think they get they got lucky that like Akil Witherspoon, some of those guys kind of had a bounce back year. But I I agree with you. I think they need cornerback uh, bad. And at this point, there's a lot of good guys on the board. I I they get the pick of the litter here of who they like. So I like that pick. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, uh, I actually uh, one of the options for the Nets pick the Steelers was Nate Wiggins. So a pick a- ahead of me. So I like that. Um, I think it's just going to be funny if, like, the Rams, like, before the draft trade this first-round pick for, like, a player or something, and they still won't draft a first-round pick. I, I always tell people, I was at the draft last year in Kansas City, and they were had on the big board before the draft. They were showing, like, the last, like, six, seven, eight years of all the first-round draft picks of every team, and it just kept going up Rams. No pick, no pick, no pick, no pick. I just thought it was the funniest. I was like, oh, I had like nothing. Like when it's showing all these other ones, I was like, oh, that was a guy was a great pick. He was terrible. They're like, no pick, no pick, no pick. Brandon jumping in there. Cornerback, something that people are talking about for the Steelers. They took uh, Joey Porter Jr. last year. Uh, he ended up being a huge hit for them. What do you think the Steelers do here? My Steelers, my boys, I really wanted JPJ. He's gone. What do you think they do here at 20? Yeah, so I, I looked at a couple of different ways. Um, uh, mostly at corner and then offensive line. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, but I did wonder. I know they just drafted Kenny Pickett a couple years ago, but like I want to know what what's what's going through their minds quarterback wise. Because like I said, I didn't really like Bonitz that high, but I mean, with a team that has all those weapons already and just needs someone to just get them the ball. Um, I wouldn't hate if they kind of, you know, reached a little bit quarterback there, but I do think they need some um, line help. So I'm going with uh, Marius Mims with the, with the Steelers. Yeah. I like that pick with Mims. I I think they go O-line or cornerback. It just feels like that's, that's the spot for them that they need. Uh, They've already cut a couple guys here in the off season. They cut their left tackle. They cut their center. So it just, it seems like unless they have a a beat on some uh, free agents that they're going to get, it seems like the Steelers are setting themselves up that they need a line. Broderick Jones last year in the first round played a right side this year, really a left side guy. So if they can move him to left, get Mims in there, play him on the right. I like that move for the Steelers. I, I definitely would love to see them add another O lineman because, you know, Arthur Smith wants to run the football. He wants to, he wants to, to do that up front. And they really started to get better uh, up front and running the ball at the end of last year. Um, I like, I like O line here. What do you think, Joe? Do you think O line or do you think they go defense? So the Steelers have notoriously always been a, a defense team. Like they always seem to pride themselves on it. And obviously we're seeing a guy like Jared verse drop a little bit and he could definitely be an option. Um, I also, because he he's sliding in this little mock adventure of ours is uh Fuaga. I mean, he would probably also be in play a little bit too. Um, and, but you know, Mims is like, dude, when you're on a team that wins, like, you know, what's what's wrong with taking a guy who knows how to win and play on winning culture. And I think the Steelers will probably really enjoy having a winning culture because Mike Tomlin don't lose. So he's looking for winners. He's not looking for guys who want to be projects. So it's a good call for them. Here's a guy I think that's sneaky possibly that could go there. 
He's my one of my guys from Missouri. Uh, I just think he fits their team so well. And what they do is Darius Robinson. He's kind of moved up at the senior bowl. I think he would fit in really well as a three, four defensive end for them. You could put him in there. Uh, They need some help. Cam's getting older. I still like Cam. He says he's coming back. Got a few years left, but I definitely think Cam is, is, you know, getting Robinson that could play on that other side outside of Cam and then can replace Cam in a couple of years. He's a guy that I could see the Steelers just coming out of nowhere. And going, hey, we're taking the guy that fits our system better. We don't care what anybody thinks. He's he's my sneaky, like under the radar pick that I think they're. I really think they could end up taking. I also could see them taking a nose tackle where they can move uh, Benton out to the D end uh, spot there in the three four. But but I, I would honestly, I'd be happy with uh, any of those moves uh, for the Steelers. Moving on to uh, number 21, Miami Dolphins. That is me on the clock. The Dolphins are another one here trying to figure out what they need, where they're going. The The defense uh, was a bit of an issue last year as they, they gave up some, uh, they gave up some, a lot of games. They scored a lot of points, so it helped. But I, again, you know, everybody always thinks about Tua, you know, injury concerns. He voided a lot of them last year. I could see them going back to the O-line. Uh, Mike McDaniel, that offense looked really good. I could see him wanting to continue to keep that O-line healthy, keep that running game going. So for me, if I'm looking at them, I'm like looking at the board. I'm looking to say, hey, who who fits our system? Who Who's a guy that we feel like could play and do kind of play anywhere? I feel like Fuaga from Oregon State. I think that's a guy they will like. I think they'll think that he kind of really fits in with them. And I just think they want to keep that offense rolling. I, I think they realize that's how they have to win. They got to score points. When they scored points, they looked great. When they didn't score points, they were in trouble. And so I think adding that offensive line, keeping Tua healthy, uh, and, and keeping that running game going, for me, uh, Fuaga makes most sense. And that, again, even though it's not an offensive you know, specialty player for fantasy-wise, they've got those guys already. We love those guys. We just want those guys to keep performing at what they, you know the way they're doing. We want Tyreek Hill, Waddle, Devin and Shane, Mozart. We want all those guys to keep piling up points. I love if they would go O-line. I think it would be a great pick all around. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he, he slid a little bit in this adventure. So I think Miami, they like – their offense is just like you've got to just keep to it with a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. And as long as they do that, I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, there's probably not a better one-two punch in the NFL. I know A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith might argue that a little bit, and I'm sure Seattle is probably like, hey, wait a minute, and the Rams are like, what up? No. I, I just think that's the that's the right call for the Dolphins. End the slide, get the best available player, and you know, plug-and-play guy. Yeah, Joe, jump into number 22. You, you lucked out. You got your team. You're feeling out the <laughs> Eagles. They fell you here. Uh, first off, give me what you really want to see them do, and then give me what you think they're going to do. Hopefully, it's the same thing. Okay, so there's really three answers to this. Okay. okay. There's what I think they'll do. There's what I want them to do. And then there's what my heart wants. So I'll do my heart because my heart is not this pick. But I also am going to be so pained if it doesn't happen in the second round. But I want him to take Axe Jr. and Jeremiah Trotter. That's what I want. He, Trotter and Dawkins, like, walk on water here. Those guys are beloved players. Um, And his son 
because you know he was a Philly kid. He went to the Philly. I think he he went to uh, Catholic um, or St. Joe Prep. I think it was St. Joe Prep. Um, but I that's what my heart would say. Watching the team, I think they need a cornerback. Uh, Bradbury was absolutely atrocious. Um, we're getting a lot of leaked stuff that. You know, the defensive coordinators, they they couldn't figure out assignments and a lot of players looked worse than they really were. Um, and then there's the other part, which is defensive end, which, you know, Hassan Reddick, there's a lot of leak that, you know, maybe he wasn't 100% happy or not really way he's getting used. And then it turns into a contract. I think Reddick is back. I don't worry about that as much. So as much as it would be tempting to take Jared Verse and be like, Ooh, that would be really fun for the Eagles. I'm going to stick a corner. And I'm going to go to what I know they love. So Howie Roseman loves winners. And I'm going to take, because I'm going to jump over a few of the corners that are available and take Terry and Arnold. And I know that there's a lot of people who are going to say, what about Kool-Aid? Well, teams threw away from Kool-Aid this year, no doubt. But Terry and Arnold was under fire all year. And that dude stood tall. And I think they're going to watch a lot of tape of him going, wow, he really hung tight in there. So I'm going to go with the guy because they love taking Alabama players and Georgia players, and they love the culture. And I just think Terry Arnold proved this year that under a lot of activity, he's a good cornerback. Yeah, I, I think if Arnold falls to them, that is just going to be another one of those drafts. Like, how did they get the number one quarterback on most people's board, but I think it happens. I, I I did another one of these mocks on another show and I actually had the Eagles pick and I had Arnold going to the Eagles as well. I just think he feels like a guy that they want. They take, I think, you know, like you said, Trotter, just, uh, you want it to happen. I can see them getting him in the second. I think if they go Arnold, the first Trotter in the second, I think Eagle fans will rejoice. I think it's the move. They really struggled at cornerback last year. Like you said, and if you turn around and you've got, only one cornerback or so off the board and you get your chance at Arnold. I agree with you. I think they go with the Alabama guy in this situation. Uh, going on, uh, moving on here to Brandon here at number 23, the Houston Texans. You're on the clock. Yeah. I originally looked and um, kind of liked maybe uh, offensive tackle, but since so many have gone in the first round, um, the slide is going to stop for uh, Jared verse. I'm putting him there. Um, teaming him up with Will Anderson, I think will really set them up, you know, their defense for years to come. Um, so I think that would be a great spot spot for him. Yeah, I like that. I think verse, I think he, he feels like a guy can go anywhere from 10 to here, depending on who likes him, where I like him a lot. He's one of my, uh, my top ends in this. I think, yeah, if he fell this far, I think defensive end. Texans, I think it makes sense. Uh, moving on here to uh, number 24 on the list, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that is me on the clock here with the Cowboys. For me, I think they go, they want to stay, I, I think O line. I think they want to continue to kind of replace the O line. That's what they've lived on. They've had injuries, they've had some guys get a little older. I think they go O line. There's a few guys out there that I think they could end up going with. Personally, I watched them a decent amount at the uh, Senior Bowl. I think they're going to like him out of Oklahoma. I think Tyler Guyton ends up being their guy. I think they've watched a lot of him. I think they're going to like him. If he gets to him at that spot, I'm going to go uh, Guyton at number 24 for the Cowboys. 
Uh, jumping on here, number 25, Goody on the, with the Green Bay Packers. What do you think the Packers do in this first round uh, after, you know, notoriously not going offense the last couple of years and somehow it's worked out for them all of a sudden. Uh, do you think they stay uh defensive side in the first round? Uh, probably realistically the best defense in the NFC North uh, this last year. So they're, they're an interesting team because like, I think if you had talked to them in the middle of this season, I think their view of their team would be different than the end of this season when they got a little hot and the defense mm-hmm. was playing a lot better. Um, but I don't think they, they, I just, my heart, when I did this whole little thing, I just kept going back and forth and I'm going to stay up in the North with them and Tyler Newbin's safety. I think they, they grabbed themselves a guy who is going to just plug and play like, you know, and, and really at this point in the first round, that's not always a lock. Like you're, you're sometimes you have some developmental guys. I think green Bay goes in that direction. Um, like I said, there's a couple different spots. I liked a lot of different players for them. Um, and there are still a couple of offensive tackles that have been sliding. And I started like, like looking at green Bay, like I didn't really consider them for them just because I was like, eh, but you know, when push comes to shove, I think they have to go with what I think they, they need. And I think safety is a big need for them. Yeah, I agree. I think Newbin Newbin feels like the right call for the Packers. He feels like a guy they'll take. Um, I I think you're right there. I think they want to keep just continue. I think they like what they're doing offense. They want to continue to just keep that defense uh, real strong. Moving on to number 26, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brandon, what do you got the Bucs doing? Yeah, so I think it would be smart if they went wide receiver because, you know, um, Evans is getting up there in age. But with a defensive head coach, I'm actually going to give them uh, Byron Murphy out of Texas to uh, shore up that defensive line. Um, you know, I, I would really like Troy Franklin there, but I just think they'll they'll go defensive line there to shore that part up. And, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens with Mike Evans, but I, I just see that's the uh, direction they would go. Yeah, I like. I think. I think I could see D line definitely with Tampa Bay there. The, a couple big run stoppers. They weren't great against the run uh, last year. I think that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, going to number twenty-seven, Arizona Cardinals with their second first-round pick. We got them taking Marvin Harrison, uh, number four overall pick. Uh, this one, uh, you know, the Cardinals. They're a sneaky team. They, I think they played a lot better than people thought they'd play last year. Uh, they were in a lot of games where I thought they were just going to be terrible. They were at least competitive. Um, I think they could go with a lot of different moves here. I think they end up looking at white uh, at cornerback. I think cornerbacks probably the spot they want to help on defense. You know, obviously got a defensive head coach, Quinion Mitchell. A lot of people big on him after the Senior Bowl. I think they go for the flashier guy. I think they go Kool-Aid here. I think this is where Kool-Aid drops. I think they're pumped that he gets here. I don't think they think he gets to him, but if he does, I think Arizona uh, steps up and takes him here to kind of sure up that defense after going offense with the first pick. Uh, Joe, number 28, Buffalo Bills. What are you thinking about the Bills here at 28? I know everybody in the fantasy community wants them to go wide receiver. Do you think there's a chance they actually do that? Um, I think that we keep talking about the the fact that there's so, like the the depth of receiver, um, but I do feel like they probably go, hey, the way the board's fallen, we do like some receivers, but we feel like they could probably maybe be there. Um, I'm 
I'm just a big fan of Troy Fatanawu. So I'm going to go with Troy from Washington. I think he's a guy that could go in a lot of those teams like Steelers, Dolphins, Texans, Cowboys range too. So um, yeah, I'm going to go there, give him the tackle, let Josh Allen be safe a little bit longer. He can only run for so long. So yeah, I think this would be, if he gets this deep, I think a lot of teams might have to look at things differently. Cause if he gets this deep, I think you're right. You're like, Oh, we didn't, expect a guy like that to be there and if he is i could definitely see them saying hey let's let's add add to the mix let's offensive line hey we can get somebody else later we just got to protect our our franchise qb moving on to number 29 the detroit lions brandon you're up there for the lions a surprise team not the total surprise but you know people were hoping they would do what they did this year and they almost got to the super bowl they were right there along with the bills uh what do you think the lions do here um, their their secondary is atrocious. So I'm going I'm going corner here. Um, you know the you know with uh, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. You know not too far away. Um, really showed out at the the Senior Bowl. Is you know as a tough player. Um, one thing I do wonder is sometimes uh, you know watching him at Toledo, he was a little grabby. You know, so we'll see like how that translates to the NFL. But um, there's a lot of good, you know, um, drills with him at the Senior Bowl. Um, and I think he fits the mentality that that they really like in Detroit. Yeah, I really like him there. I think that would be a great fit if he got there. Moving on to number 30 is the Baltimore Ravens. That's me. I It always seems like the Ravens go defense in, in this mix when they have these guys. I could see him going cornerback. I could see him going D-tackle. Uh, it, it seems like anytime there's a player I want the Steelers to take it, they end up grabbing him. I could see them going, you know, with like a Leonard Taylor a, a defense tackle. I even think like a sweat, you know, just that big, huge guy in the middle and they're three, four. I think they do it. I think they take sweat. I mean, there's some people are like a little worried about the weight, a little worried about, you know, what, how, how many plays can he play before he gets hired? But the guy is, he's just, you can't move him. You can't move him, and I think in a 3-4 team like the Ravens, he just feels like that guy they love, that they love to have a big guy like that. I think they go sweat there at number 30. Uh, number 31, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Joe, who do you think? Uh, my team, I picked to win the Super Bowl, and they they let me down. I took them at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Uh, I'm not a Niners fan or anything, but they were my pick at the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't get it done. I was hoping for a CMC MVP award. I had a, a few dollars uh, hanging on that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, what do you think the Niners do? So, I mean, and you hit on the head, like being like, you know, a team that everybody projects to be Super Bowl, generally you don't have a lot of weaknesses. So they get to be a little more like, Hey, who's a, again? We talk about these the core principles and who's these guys. I am going to go with one of my favorite picks of the draft, Graham Barton, because I feel like he is like I'm an Eagles guy. I'm a homer, sorry, but he reminds me a lot of Landon Dickerson. The dude can play anywhere on the line if you ask him to, and I think he's going to do that. And I think San Francisco loves the fact that you know they might have him as a backup to start, and then the right guards out for three games, he plays there, and then the center comes out in the middle of a game, he has to slide over. I just think that that's the type of player that the Niners just covet because um, I just think he's a football player, just flat out. Um, and obviously he went to do so. He's a pretty smart guy. So I think he'll be good if he's having to call coverages and stuff as well. So uh, yeah, Graham Barton, love him. I think he's a good fit. 
Yeah, I like Barton. I think whoever gets him is going to be super stoked. I just he's that perfect guy, like you said, that can play behind any position on the line. He can learn it if he hasn't played it already. Uh, a team like that, to, it just feels like, hey, that's a great spot to have us. Let's keep Purdy upright and healthy because when they've had a healthy QB, they've been good. When they haven't, that's that's the the real struggle. Uh, let's finish this thing off. Into the first round, Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Brandon, you are on the clock. Yeah, I think they have to dress wide receiver, get uh, Patrick Mahomes some more weapons. They have Rasheed Rice, which um, short, intermediate, you know, a really good guy. So I would, would I, this would be a huge for fantasy too. I'm having them take Xavier Worthy out of Texas, the speed to get down the field, um, kind of, you know, get someone that, that could somewhat replicate things they did with Tyreek. And, um, you know, I, Look, they won the Super Bowl with mediocre to below average wide receiver play. Give them another wide receiver and they might be back there again. Yeah, I, I like that move. I think Worthy, you know, is the guy they were hoping MVS would be. You know, that deep threat, the yeah. guy to get down but can actually catch. Unlike MVS, who they uh, they released. So real quickly here to finish it off, I'll run back through the draft. Uh, kind of here, I've got our final results pulled up here. Start the draft off. Number one, Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. Number two, Drake May, quarterback North Carolina. To the Commanders, number three, the Patriots took Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU. Number four, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State. To the Cardinals, number five, the Chargers take Joe All, offensive tackle Notre Dame. Number six, New York Giants take Alawu, who I always butcher his name, so I never say it, Fashanu, uh, offensive tackle Penn State. Number seven, Tennessee Titans take Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU. Eight, J.J. McCarthy, quarterback, Michigan, goes to the Falcons. Number nine, Chicago Bears with their second pick in the first round. Take Roma Dunze, wide receiver, Washington Huskies. Number 10, New York Jets take offensive lineman out of Alabama, J.C. Latham. Number 11, Dallas Turner, edge rusher from Alabama, goes to the Vikings. Number 12, Latu Latu, edge rusher from UCLA, goes to number 12 to the Denver Broncos. 13, The trying to get the quarterback of the future. The Raiders take Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. 14, a little surprised, but I think it uh, would be a nice selection. Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU, going to the Saints. 15, the Colts take Brock Bowers, uh, stud tight end out of Georgia. Number 16, Jackson Powers Johnson, top center in the draft from Oregon, going to the Seahawks. 17, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Chop Robinson, edge out of Penn State. 18, the Bengals taking Johnny Newton, defensive tackle out of Illinois. 19, Nate Wiggins goes to the Rams, cornerback Clemson. 20, Amarius Mims, offensive tackle Georgia, goes to the Steelers. 21, Talise Fuago, offensive tackle Oregon State, going to the Dolphins. 22, Terrian Arnold, Alabama cornerback to the Eagles. 23, Jared Verse, edge from Florida State, going to the Texans. 24, Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle Oklahoma, going to the Dallas Cowboys. 25, Tyler Newbin, safety Minnesota, goes to the Green Bay Packers. 26, Byron Murphy, defensive tackle. Texas goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 27, Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback Alabama to Arizona. 28, Troy Buatuna, I always mess up his name as well. Offensive tackle Washington going to the Bills. 29, Quinion Mitchell, cornerback Toledo going to the Lions. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, defensive tackle Texas, the big guy in the middle. Uh, going to the Baltimore Ravens at 
at 30, excuse me, 31, San Francisco Giants take Grant, uh, San Francisco Giants, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, baseball season is upon us. Graham Barton, offensive guard, Duke, and 32, Kansas City Chiefs, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, Texas, to kind of finish things up for us. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Brandon, you jump in first. Kind of tell everybody what you're doing, where they can find you, any of the stuff you're working on. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm Brandon. You can find me on Twitter at HeyB3. At Dynasty Pros, I've been doing some, um, you know, outside the top 10 sleeper uh, rookies. Um, uh, the tight end will be coming out late, you know, next, and then wide receivers. So uh, make sure to check that out. How about you, Joe? Uh, where can everybody find your stuff? Uh, so we are finishing up our first ever consensus rankings at dynasty pros. Uh, so that is going to be rolling out. I've been organizing all that. So we're going to have all the position groups, uh, receivers, tight end, running back, uh, and quarterback. And I am also working with IDB plus, and I am just about wrapping up a new series that pits, uh, the first string versus the second string player and to see who's the better dynasty term uh, guy that we want. Uh, so look out for that. I'll give you a little sneak peek. First battle is Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet. Ooh, um, nice. So kind of, you know, out there doing all that stuff. And you can find me on the X world at jgoody77. Um, and I am looking forward to the lot more fun before this uh, draft actually happens. So JT, thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. You can find me at JT Orange on Twitter or the X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, check me out. The show, download it on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, the Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football channel. You can check me out there. If you're an IDP, that kind of stuff, I'm on DLF as well, doing IDP rankings and writing articles over there. I got a Roman Wilson piece uh, coming out here soon. A guy that didn't make it in the first round of a draft, but I think uh, is a guy that's moving up some boards that maybe in the second or third round. So I've got a piece coming out of that. So go ahead and check that out as well. I'm on plenty of other podcasts, including Commissioner Evaluation Podcast and the Dynasty Evaluation with my boy John McGlynn over on Fantrax and Fantasy and Frames. So make sure to check those out as well. I appreciate Joe and Brandon. Join me tonight here on The Stew. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. Check you guys next time. Thank you. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery. Yeah.